0: A patched-up podcast could ruin your business. Let us do the technical busywork behind the scenes while you share your genius on the mic and take the industry stage. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Sal Marquez is here and thank you for tuning in again. Today I have the privilege of hosting John Paler. He is an outstanding individual, a Wego Health Advisory Board member, published author, award-winning mental health advocate, and an award-winning blogger. You could find his work at thebipolarbattle.com. He is, is an experienced founder with a demonstrated history of working in health, wellness, and fitness. He's skilled in writing, customer service, coaching, product design, and many other things. But his mission in life and in the healthcare space is to really be a guide, a shepherd to those struggling with mental health challenges. We all know that mental health is more common than maybe we initially thought. One out of every five of us is working with some sort of mental health challenge, and John has made it his mission to address it. And so today we're going to be talking about how he's doing that with his book, his podcast, his blog. And it's such a privilege to have him here today. John, such a pleasure to have you here.
1: And thanks Saul, for having me. That was an awesome introduction. Thanks, man.
0: I appreciate (laughs) it. (laughs) Hey, absolutely. Now, you know, you do a lot of really neat things. And really, you know, during these COVID times, obviously mental health is one of those things that is a challenge for all of us. You know, it was one out of five. I'd say it's four out of five now. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're right. It's, it, it's impacting us all
1: more than people, I think, can see, you know? So what inspires your work in mental health? Well, so I originally, see, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder type 1 mm-hmm. back in 1999. Okay. And since then, I've been doing everything in my power to manage it. Because at the very beginning, all the doctors said there's no cure, but it can be managed successfully with the right treatment. And so over the years, I was very persistent in following the doctor's recommendations, trying different medications, therapies, procedures, you know, ECT, stuff like that. And finally, a few years ago, probably about five years ago, I decided that I needed to do something with my life to help people more so than I was Hmm. because I've always been drawn to helping people in one way or another. I was a personal trainer for a while. You know, I worked as a CNA. A lot of my past jobs have been in helping people. So Hmm. anyways, what inspired me to get into helping people with bipolar disorder was using my own story and what's helped me You know, I wanted to be able to give that information to people in my shoes that may not have had the support that I had or that are newly diagnosed or, you know, I I felt like I was in a good position to be a voice and a a supportive voice to those that need it. And so, Sal, it was pretty crazy because I, for so many years, I felt the stigma against Mm -hmm. those of us with mental illness, with bipolar disorder. I felt pretty shamed, you know, that I had this thing. And so I never talked about it with anybody really outside of my close-knit circle of friends and my family. And so once I got over that, then I thought, man, I'm helping people. I'll tell people or whoever it is that wants to listen, you know, I'm not ashamed anymore. So now I can help those that I can and I've saved lives and all these awesome things. It's so awesome. To be able to help people in the way that I am, because I
0: am changing lives
1: and I love that.
0: <laughs> That's so great, John. And yeah. you know, you're calling out something so important. And, you know, the stigma associated with mental health, I think is starting to go away. It's still there, but I think mm-hmm. it's less. And I think you're one of those kind of pioneers ahead of the game where you kind of said, Hey, I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care <laughs> what you think. Yeah. Um, because I'm gonna help others and you're doing just that. So, you know, talk to us a little bit about how you're helping people and maybe it's your book you want to tell us about, maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's the podcast or the blog, but, but tell us a little bit more about how you're helping those looking for help with mental health challenges. Okay. Yeah, definitely.
1: So, I mean, you know, originally I set up my blog just mm-hmm. to get my thoughts out there and over the past few years that was i think 2017 april of 2017 and i've consistently posted articles on a weekly basis for that blog for my blog the bipolar battle.com mm-hmm. and during that time i'm able to direct people towards my blog to help them out and towards the beginning i had somebody approach me about writing a book and they told me they said man if you could get this information into a book I think this would be very helpful for people as well. So basically, they were telling me, get the most important information that you feel is appropriate to help somebody newly diagnosed or even a veteran who needs some more ideas about what to do, who's been in my position but maybe doesn't have the information, get it into this book. And so the past few years, I've been writing my book, It's This War Within My Mind, And it's based on my blog. So I kind of integrated those two together. And I actually launched that or I published it March 27th of this year, I believe it was. I'm not sure the exact date, but it was in March. And then on top of that, in April, I had some other people. I kind of got kind of the fire lit under me because, (laughs) you know, people have been talking to me for ages now since I started this whole process about Getting a podcast going and helping people that way. And this is, you know, right during the main part of the COVID pandemic, and people were are staying at home with their kids and their family, and they just don't have a lot of extra time like you do if you're driving to work to listen to a podcast for an extended period. Right. And those are all, I'm not saying those, you know, the podcast, like you're, it's not bad. I'm just saying, I was taking the information from those around me and potential listeners. And I took that into account that maybe it would be better for me to start something with small kind of clips of episodes, like five or 10 minute episodes where I talk about a topic and give something actionable to do for somebody that has bipolar disorder or that has some sort of mental health issue. Because the other thing too, Saul is that like you said, I mean, you were, we were talking about mental health and everybody has a degree of mental health, whether it's bad, good, in between, healthy, unhealthy. So even if you don't have a mental illness, you can have good mental health still, mm-hmm. but not everybody has a mental illness, but mental health, the person with a mental illness generally has bad mental health starting out. But like for me, now that I have mine under control, my bipolar disorder under control. It's, I'm at a spot where I have good mental health. If that Hmm. makes sense. I think, I just think words are real important, whether you're talking about this or anything else, any sort of issue, social issue or whatnot, it's important to choose the words wisely because I just know how much it can impact people specifically
0: in my audience. It does, John. And and you know, the good distinction that you bring up here is the difference between mental illness and mental health. They're not mutually exclusive. Right. You, you can have a mental illness and have mental health.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Yes. Is what yeah. Is, yeah. And I think that's great. I mean, like I never even thought about it that way. Uh, you know, it's something to certainly think about it further. And mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, you know, there are habits, rituals things that you do, the people you surround yourself with that could contribute to your mental health. And so tell us a little bit about the approach. So what is this book about? And if you had to sum it up to like maybe a hook that could get yeah. people interested in it, what, uh-huh. what's the top one or two takeaways and reasons people should read it?
1: Okay. Well, so the main kind of take home message of the book is it's basically a map or a game plan Mm -hmm. how to manage bipolar disorder. In terms of getting it under control, it's more managing it on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And my book gives you kind of a, like I said, a game plan. It kind of gives you steps on what to do so you can manage bipolar disorder. Because I think starting out, when people are first diagnosed, there's not a lot of information that they are given. Mm -hmm. And I wanted this book to be when you're first diagnosed read this book it'll touch on a bunch of topics that are going to impact you and not only that take step a b c all the way up to z and it'll help you manage it mm. and so there's not a cookie cutter approach to it but i lay it out so you know th- it's something anybody that is diagnosed can follow and if it's a loved one too
0: they can read it right. as well to get an idea of what we're going through. Hmm, that's great. And even, you know, if it's a mental health care provider, that's looking to maybe understand maybe firsthand, right? From, mm-hmm. from somebody, it's also an opportunity for them to read the account of that you went through yeah. and what you do that's helped you. Maybe it could help one of their patients.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, uh, real quick, so I'll just,
1: yeah, um, the book, I wrote it as well, because there's so many, Clinical books out there by doctors, psychologists, PhDs, and they're awesome. They're great references. They can help out so much, but I've noticed there's not a lot of books that are written by those with bipolar disorder that show how we manage it. There's a lot of memoirs and what it's like to actually have it and to go through an episode or whatnot. But coming from a patient perspective, as a patient advocate, I think has a lot of value because those doctors or clinicians or whatnot, they're not at home each day with us. We see them once a month for maybe 15 minutes or a half an hour to get our meds checked. Some people it's two or three months. And the rest of those hours, it's us, it's up to us. And so if you have information from a patient saying, well, when you're in this, you know, when you're feeling like this, try this. If you're, this will help you function when you're feeling like that, you know, I think it's more helpful for me, in my opinion.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's great, you know, so if you're listening to this and you have bipolar, or maybe somebody that you know, has bipolar, somebody that you love has bipolar, then this is something to recommend to them or check out, you know, so that you could think about offering it to them as a resource. And so, John, tell me about maybe, I don't know, one of the biggest setbacks you've had in either getting through the book or your experience with putting all of the great resources that you have out there for bipolar Mm -hmm. folks. You know, what's been a setback for you in putting those together? And what did you get out of that setback that's made it even better? I think, Saul, I would have to say, you know, I
1: I don't have a lot of assets like liquid financial help anywhere. So I've been doing this all by myself and with very minimal investment. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of impeded me quite a bit in terms of, you know, what I want to do, and how quickly I would like to help people. Mm -hmm. And it's forced me to be very inventive about how, like produce my podcast, how I got my book together, how I did my blog, you know, I just, it's made me think out of the box and be, I've been very creative with how I've promoted things and have found support that way. So I think in the end, it's kind of made me more resourceful with mm-hmm. what I have than I did before, if that makes sense. I mean, I pro- if I had yes. the financial resources where I am now, I probably would have been a few years ago, but I've just had, it. just a slower process,
0: but I'm still able to get to my goals. It's just slower, that's all. Well, look, and you're you've published over 170 blogs. You, you just started your podcast and you got, you know, six, right, or so there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's admirable. And you wrote this book, and the reality is there's a lot of people that don't even start, John. Mm-hmm. You know, and you you made a decision that it was more than just about you. You made a decision that you were going to give, that you were going to contribute, that you were going to try at least to help other people that were living with bipolar. And so I think it's great, you know, and you've worked through that and now you're able to reach the people you're able to reach and it's okay. You know, it takes time, but you know, in the end, if you get up and get out of bed each morning and you have that mission that pulls you, you know, like you have this mission that pulls you, John you're doing this for people. And I think it's great. And that's what counts. Thanks. Thanks for your awesome words, man. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I mean it, you know, and (laughs) so for people listening today, I hope you get some inspiration, right? Mm Because John's been bootstrapping this thing. And I mean, hey, look, I've been bootstrapping my thing too, you know, for the last four years. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we've gotten some big success here in the last year. It took three Mm -hmm. years, you know, to build the podcast, but here we are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my encouragement to everybody listening is to, if you have a thought about how you can improve the world or somebody's health, take example in John, you know, and myself and know that you too can do your part. So what would you say you're most excited about, John? Well, gosh, there's a lot of things. It's hard to say the most excited (laughs) because there's
1: a lot of things that actually get me going through the day. Mm doing everything that I'm doing with my podcast, my blog, my book, and online. I got that WeGo Health Award for my advocacy on Twitter. And I love helping Mm -hmm. people through that platform. I absolutely adore my kids and my wife. They just get me excited about life. I love seeing my little son grow and learn how to ride a bike and like we did yesterday. And it just, it pumps me up. I think
0: There's a lot to be grateful for. So I agree, John. And (laughs) uh, and so as we wrap things up here, now, folks, I want to remind you: you could find John's work, or you could send people to John's work at thebipolarbattle.com. You'll see his 170 plus posts there, his podcast, links to his book. Just a great resource for anybody working with bipolar, John. What would you leave the listeners with as we conclude here? And what would be the best place that they could reach out to you personally if they have any questions or just looking to connect? So the best way to connect would be on Twitter at, at bipolar battle
1: or through my email. My email is john at the bipolar battle.com. That's a good way to get in touch with me as well. And I think the last thing, I'd like to leave with your listeners, Saul, is just when it comes to bipolar disorder or any sort of mental illness, whether it's schizophrenia, OCD, anxiety, depression, whatever it is, there is no cure for mental illness, but it's not that dreary. It's not the end of the world because it can be successfully managed with the right treatment. It just takes time. It takes this journey it took me 10 years to find a suitable treatment. And Mm -hmm. I think like you were saying, Saul, about it's slowly like you've been building up your podcast for three to four years. And I've been kind of building up my blog and so forth for the past three to four years. It's not overnight. It takes daily consistent action to get anything done Mm -hmm. and just don't give up. If something happens that's Just work on it the next day or whenever you can. Just don't stop because then once you stop, that's it. You just, you are giving up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a great message. And, you know, you said there's no cure. And, you know, there's no cure for diabetes, okay? And people still manage it. There's no cure for the chronic diseases, right? COPD. There's no cure, but there's a way to manage it. And I think we're getting somewhere here, John, where, you know, people are starting to liken. Mental health to some of these chronic diseases, and that's okay, you know. And and so, I appreciate you bringing your perspective around this to help the globe understand bipolar and also mental health in a way that is more mainstream and with the time. So, thanks again for what you do, and thanks for sharing it with us here. Thanks for having me, Saul. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, man. It's been great. Hey, Outcomes Rocket listeners, no podcast, no problem. Launch a professional podcast you'll love in four weeks. Most people hire production companies to edit and distribute content that sounds bad and does nothing for their revenue or their network. But you could turn the key to a made-to-order podcast and skip all the pitfalls that make 90% of shows discontinue after five episodes. We've got the expertise, the elbow grease, and you're back on this one. Visit smoothpodcasting.com to learn more. That's smoothpodcasting.com to learn more.